Welcome team. Now I want to ask you, what is a good teammate? In my opinion, a good teammate is one who's always thinking, how can I help my mate? How can I build up my teammate? It's probably something that was drilled into me from from working with a, a great mate of mine in Brad Fittler, who is today's guest. It's how he operated as a player. It's why he was one of the best players in the game. It's why he's one of the best coaches in the game. It's why he's now one of the best broadcasters in the game. Because as a teammate, he always builds up those around him. And I've been privileged to be one of those on his coaching teams. If I could let you spend half an hour with this man, you will get better no matter what your game is. I've seen this guy firsthand inspire school students inspire business people inspire tradespeople, inspire t- inspire athletes inspire world-class athletes inspire olympians if i could give let you have half an hour with him i would and through technology how good the podcast you have the chance listen in brad fitler welcome this episode of Get the Edge with Hayden Knowles is brought to you by Pain Away, Australia's number one joint and muscle cream. Check them out at painaway.com. When I think leaders, like leadership's a big topic across mm. any form of business, sport, whatever. And when I think Brad Fittler as in a leader, I think you led your team to a premiership, you led your state to Origin Series wins, you led your country to World Cup victories, Test match victories. Um, how did how did you lead? How did what is leadership to you? Uh, yeah, it's a pretty broad question, you know. And and while I was doing it, it wouldn't have bothered me if I wasn't leading at all. It wasn't something I aspired to do or fretted on, or it was never a goal to be a captain. So. The key is to have people in leadership that have influence over the group, and that's the key. And then you just got to make sure they're having a, a positive influence, because it's, it's just as easy to be a leader and be a poor one as it is to be a leader and be a good one. So leaders are people that they other people gravitate towards, whether positive or negative. That's why I ask it because uh, it is a very broad like the title mm. leadership it is very broad yeah. that's why i kind of asked i've asked you because what what are the qualities you then feel that yeah leadership is not like you say it's not a it's not really a title it's just what you do mm. you know yeah. what, what are the qualities that you did or standards you set that naturally you were a leader the basic ones i always had were I was always at training first. So if you pulled up, I was pretty much, a lot of the time I was already there. And for a majority of the time as well, I was last to leave. The other time I thought important with leading, especially while playing, was um, just maintaining energy the whole way through. Just keeping everyone's energy at a high rate, keeping your heart, you know, making sure everyone was concentrating. Uh, while I was at training, I always enjoyed being there. So it was easy, quite easy for me to stay focused at training. Outside training, I was quite easily distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the love of the game, but I, I knew 
I think I knew early, you know, midway through my career, but to be a better player, you had to be a better trainer. You can't be a better player without improving training. Yeah. No, you see, you, you, you're touching on some things there that, again, when I think leadership, the first person I wanted to talk to about it was you because of those reasons you've just said. Other people may go and read a textbook on leadership mm. or go to a leadership course or whatever, but what you, you just mentioned, the energy... Yeah. that you brought because mm. it's contagious and I've seen it with you and I've worked with you um, but you also mentioned passion for the game there mm. that you know some uh, people might try to be a leader in a, in a field but the passion's not really there and their energy someone's going to feel that at some stage yeah, if it's yeah, not it's, genuine it's spotted very easy yeah no no that's why I, I wanted to mm. talk to you about this um, any any leaders, any great leaders that you've played with, that they had qualities that you admired, maybe when you were coming in to the elite level, or whether they be teammates or coaches or trainers, or is there anything that sticks out in your mind that really set standards that you wanted to be like? Yeah, I remember Royce had some really good ones. Roy Simmons, when I first started, he was, and when I was a kid, he even. He'd say, come down to the gym with me, so I'd go down, and he just hit a bag for 40 minutes. There was no sets or pretty stuff or anything. He just stood there and hit a bag for 40 minutes. And I really, I enjoyed that, although I sort of hated it while I was doing it, but I enjoyed it because, and you can tell, he just was doing it. He had a reason for doing it. You know, he didn't have much skill, but he, he had to be really tough. And I could see if I just kept that up. I realised then if I, if I just had the mindset to be able to do that, and it would have made me a, um, a lot tougher person. Yeah. Cause it's boring as hell. Yeah. Just stand there hitting a bag for 40 minutes. I really enjoyed that. And there's some other ones I, which work well for me. Mal was another one on the kangaroo tour. Was where Mal sometimes stood back a little bit from the group and didn't actually always, you know. They were pretty social, those camps, those tours. So, and I learned that from him. I mostly learned a lot. I didn't learn when I was 18. I think I learned when I was 22 on the second, second or third tour I went on. First tour, I was a lunatic. Yeah. And just indulged in everything. And just that was something I, I took off Mal. And by the end, yeah, I thought having that balance, it allowed you to, it allowed you to have a little bit of sway with players if things were going astray. I just, even what you mentioned there about, um, I'll probably go back to the Royce one, because there's definitely some work ethic things you've touched on with me before mm. that you got back in those days, Yeah, parents, but just on the Mal one, and even the so you said it was a bit of a social thing as well, in your position, communicating in relationships and things, especially in the position you played, mm. you've, to you've talked to me before about this. How important that is. Yeah. So let's touch on that. Like that, that, that social side is actually a big part of getting a team to perform as well. Mm. Well, you relax. You, know, you, you become more, you see more of your personality at a certain level. Obviously, if, you, if it's too social, it goes the wrong way, but yeah, you relax. And I think that's a real key. The key, you've got to be able to be yourself you know, in a group. You've got to be able to walk into a group and not be intimidated, not be overawed, be yourself and understand people accept that. And that's that's so, so important to get the best out of anyone. 
more important than any play, any any anything you can do on a training field. That's so much more important that you feel comfortable in that footy team. So building relationships mm. off the training pitch was a big part of you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you had to you had to tell guys what to do, and they had to, mm. want to, they had to love you. Mm. Yeah. Is that something? just come natural or you learn from other people or or you just realized hey i need that guy to run through a brick wall for yeah. me i need to build a relationship with him do you make that, an effort to do that or i think it come that? natural but yeah. I'm, I'm i think i'm that sort of person i yeah. i like to make everyone feel included so that's just a mostly natural trait really yeah. but i knew i knew it was very important yeah that uh i always went out of my way to make people feel included but there's always part of that was, I learned some things at Penrith very early, um, just having tough mindsets of training about cones, lines, all the little stuff that you could, the little inches you can make up in a training session that a lot of teams don't. So I found that important. And then the, when you're building relationships, you build it around that. So you see you doing it, you're pushing it, and then they'll do it. If you're not doing it, it breaks everything down. So, you know, having really in, that integrity in your word was very, that's a very important thing with leading is well, you've got to do what you say. Yeah, yeah. Now, so I remember you spoke to me once about um, as a half, mm. your most important thing is build relationships with your dummy half, your full yeah. back, your back rowers, your front rowers. And it stuck with me. For a long time, I observe it in great halves now. Mm. Anyone you ever played with, they still love you to this day now, you know? So there's obviously, like, how do you think people remember you as a leader and as a teammate? I don't know. I don't, I don't think... Maybe most probably not the first person that comes to their mind. So I don't know. I've got a good relationship with most people, yeah. which takes a lot of work sometimes. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd be the first person. If you ask a lot of footballers, they always get asked these questions. Their best player, their best captain. There, I don't know if I'd come into their mind. You know, that's not offensive at all. But mm. I found every team, most of the groups I played in, whether it was Australia, the Roosters, we all got on well. We're all, we were a team. Yeah. First and foremost, we there was uh, we're always on the same page. We're always fighting for the same cause, and that was something that was very important. So. Yeah. Um, talk to me about, and toss up any stories you may you may think while we, we talk about it, but evidence of hunger or evidence of want, you know. Um, so we, a bit of a theme that's going with this stuff is you knew what to do, you knew how to play footy, you had the resources to do it, your skills, your body, your physique, smart you had and those around you but you really wanted to do it somewhere in there there's there's little stories about hunger either in yourself for your career or in a particular game or yeah it's hard it's hard a lot of hunger's always shown away from training so whether it's at different times I knew at different times I had to go and hire people to help me out like people that helped me stretch because that wasn't a real quality of mine, I wasn't a great stretcher, um, you know, moving close to work was, you know, a re you know, 
there's some sacrifices that a lot of people sort of overlook and they're the biggest ones. You know, moving close to work, mm. being out of a car, yeah, yeah. you know, spending, you know, it allows you more time to relax. You know, they're big sacrifices that people just ignore. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about phones and social media and leaving that stuff and putting it aside and, um, yeah, hunger. That's what I mean, if you ask someone today to go and run 10 hundreds or leave your phone at home for the full day, what would you think they'd do? Yeah, they'd run the hundreds. Yeah, run the hundreds. They'd run the hundreds. Mm. So in my day, what hunger was, was very different to what hunger is now. Yeah. I think so evidence yeah, my, my hunger was always what I did away. Because I, what you did away. I had a pretty good... I, was a, I had a good standard of training. Yeah. Uh, I basically wasn't the fittest bloke and didn't look after myself as good as I could have. Yeah. But I had a, I was a good trainer. I was there all the time. I was, you know, had good energy and I worked hard at training. Well, hey, that's, again, hey. that's evidence of, that's evidence of really wanting to be there. Mm. Being there first, that's a sign for everyone else to see he wants to be here. Mm. You know, your standard is set not taking a little shortcut on the line, that's evidence that he really wants to be disciplined. He wants to have a disciplined Well, team. that's why I retired. The year, the, my last year, I figured I was going to retire, but my last year I couldn't get to the line. Yeah, right. Things was tightening up and stiffening up and a lot of drills you're touching and going and stuff like that, and I couldn't get to the line. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, like I just sort of, you know, whether I was, you know, and it was that choice of whether to be short or be late. Yeah. Or I've had too much, you know, I could have, Mm. I could have went on in my career and actually played a couple of more years and yeah. dallied around and relied on my teammates a lot. Yeah. What about during a game, evidence that someone's really on, one of your teammates is on, what, what's a sign of he's hungry today? I, like, you know, when, I, when I've worked with you, it's always pretty simple. It's pretty yeah. simple things like chasing the kick chasing hard. Chasing the kick, getting back on side. Yeah. You know. The big one I always find is being back and being alert. You watch a lot of players will go back and just drop their body language because they haven't got the energy to yeah. support the ball. Yeah. You know, that was one of the big things we do with our halves is you've got to get back there early. Early preparation. Get back yeah, early yeah. preparation. And what that does to the other team is makes them spread. Yeah. Which means less tackles in the first couple. So, yeah. yeah. They really, yeah, really encourage getting back on side. I remember when I trained with the Origin and I was out on the field running water and that's yeah. all I did the whole game. I just ran to the back row saying, rest back here, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest back here. And it was a huge, you know, it worked a treat, like to the point where Ryan Hoffman nearly passed out just from exhaustion, just from mm. making that effort. But what allowed was those first couple of tackles. And every now and then just one less defender. Yeah. Because they had to be honest, you know. They were yeah. kept honest. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, over a whole game, that's a massive difference. Mm. Huge difference. So yeah, it's that energy off the ball. I think Michael Jordan's got a great saying where you know, it was only for about 8% of the game he had the ball in his hands. Mm. And people think I'm great for that. It was a 92% what I was doing when I didn't have the ball that made me great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just energy off the ball, assessing what's happening, you know. But it's the same principle that you're giving there within a game, early mm. preparation, mm. energy off the ball, is the same what you're doing away from the game early preparation, early to training. Mm. You know, that it's the same message. Yeah. And that brings me to the, the 
consistency. Like if you were doing that consistently, that's how you played consistently. Yeah. You know, that's a huge message that I try to deliver. And when people may be wondering why they're not consistently doing it you at can't, a high level. Yeah, you can't. If you're not consistent in your life, you won't be consistent at anything. Yeah. yeah. You're just, you know, your sport's an extension of you as a person. So, yeah. you know, even the last five years, I had a, the year 2001 was a bit ordinary. I didn't handle that very well, but we had four grand finals in five years. And, you know, I... I just had habits down, you know, running to the water. And by the end of it, you know, I just, these habits didn't even have to think about it. You know, it's putting those habits into your life. If, so, you know, it's not hard. You know, it's just about being just persistent for a certain amount of time and then just, you know, showing a little bit of resilience when it gets a bit, a bit boring. Yeah. You know, and a lot to do, you know, especially now with food and the knowledge we have with food, sleep, you know, all the stuff, everything. Yeah. Rehab, prehab. Well, again, all that stuff are just resources. Mm. If someone really wants to do it, they'll do it, right? Yeah, yeah. Consistently. And enjoy it. Yeah. It's not enjoy hard to your enjoy. work, yeah. That's a massive It's not point. hard to enjoy. Um, whenever I've worked with you, you just have this love for your work. Mm. Again, that's an energy that just comes across. Um, that, that, that passion that you have, you've had that since you were this big, right? I think so. I think yeah. I just really like the game. Yeah, the game's done. You know, I've, I've prospered obviously out of the game. Yeah. I've, but I've, I really like the game. I like the kids who play it. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes um, people hold it to ransom a bit, and they sort of take it for a ride and all that. But I, I, I think it's a really good game. Anyone can play it, any size. Mm. You know, it's a good game. Yeah, yeah. What about mentors in your life, Fred? Um, we talked about it that night, actually. Mm. Uh, no, actually, can I talk about culture? Right, eh? The dictionary tells us that culture is the ideas, customs, and social behaviours mm. of, a, of a group. Yeah. So, you well, so kind of touched on it anyway. So with the, the first two, are, the first two are words. Yeah. You know, and that's the key with culture. So yeah. the first two are words. You know, especially in sport these days, we have all these fantastic words where I think, of, you know, every time I walk into a gym, there's words written on a wall. And it's got nothing to do with culture. They're just, they're literally words made up of letters. Yep. So they're nothing, really. Yep. Uh, culture's social behaviours. Yep. So it's behaviours. And that's what culture is. So, you know, instead of putting words up, they should put up, you know, being polite, cleaning the gym up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Respecting. Things, actions are actions like are the, you know, there's so many sports psychologists out there and they've got everything going on and they're all trying to do something, but it's just, it's all actions. The other, the other stuff's just all in a dictionary. Yeah. It's the action. Yep. The action. So you had a really strong culture when you led your team to uh, premiership, even from stories that I've heard of players that played with you, you had a really strong culture without even thinking about the word culture. No, you just, yeah. you had one by the standard you set. Yeah. And that can slip like that. A really strong culture can mm. can go to a poor one pretty quick. Well, if poor cultures behave. are easier to, easier to do. That's mm. why. Yeah. You know, because it's less work, it's normally a little bit easier. 
mm. you know, you, you get more time to do what you want. And so, yeah, it's, there's a lot of poor cultures. That's the, that's the huge thing they're missing. There's a couple of things I reckon they miss, you know, especially with how they're trying to find extras in everyone, you know. Firstly, it's actions. Yeah. Right, actions are the, you know. And the other word I always find, you know, they talk about attitude. Now, attitude comes from your heart. That doesn't come from anywhere else. Mm. And it's the one thing they can't judge. Mm. Now, they keep saying they can do anything. And you look at all the sports scientists and they're just twisting and doing all this sort of stuff. But mm. until you can work that out, you know, and that's mm. the thing that drives culture and actions and all the stuff that you really mm. need. So yeah, that's why you need to find people that love the game. Yeah. They want to be there. Yeah, yeah, want to be there. And, and give evidence that they want to be there mm. by all the things you mentioned before. Um, mentors, Fred. So for this, like, I don't, we really don't know where this is going to go yet, but I've been influenced by really good mentors across different areas. Um, and through this video, I'm feeling like, who knows who's going to get influenced by listening to you, mm. and then they're going to influence someone else who's going to influence someone else who, like, you know, like there's influences in me in my work that come from people that aren't alive now yeah. that have gone to here, to here, to here, and now it's sitting with me and my work and your work. So I really don't know where this is going to go as far as how many people are going to appreciate being mentored by you sitting at your backyard um, mm. coffee table. But mentors to you, like, is, is there someone that's, or is there something that's stuck with you for a long, long time that you learned of one person that you are pretty proud of passing on? Well, it's, yeah, well, there's a lot of, I've had a lot of smart people in my life give me a certain direction. And I've watched tough people do some really tough things where they make you question how hard you're going and if you're sacrificing enough and if you're putting in enough. But I find you know, mentors are everywhere. I was walking down the creek the other day, down at Narrabeen Creek, and there was two ten-year-old kids, they had their skaties, and they put up a little lemonade stand, and I was selling lemonade. Well, that inspired me, you know. With all the crap young kids cop these days, these two lobbed up, having fun in a car park, right on a walkway. So I feel when you're looking for mentors, it's just opening your eyes a little bit sometimes and just, you know, taking any sort of good behaviour on and, and using that. So I yeah. found... That taught me a real big lesson, I thought, those kids. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, if we go back to the three things, they knew what to do. They knew how to sell lemonade. Yeah, they knew how to make it. They had the resources. Yeah. They made it. They really wanted to do it. Yeah, and they just got out and did it. They, they did it. And they had fun around it, you know. They were on skaties. I grabbed their skaties for a while work. and had a chat with them. And they would have got there early. Made some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, that was... No, that. I, thought, I thought that was... Yeah, it made me think a lot of that, watching those kids. Made me, made me think. Sometimes, I think they're, you know, they're the best mentors, you know, when people's actions actually make you walk away and go, wait up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's, I respect the guy filming us right now. Yeah. He, he really wants to sell prints, photographs. And he <laughs> takes these crazy photos, awesome pictures. And he, he's got a full-time job, but he, evidence that he really wants to do it is he gets up at 5 a.m. and he's taking sunrise shots. And then he's got, so he's obviously got the skills to do it. He's got the equipment to do it. And then mm. last night I see him selling them at midnight and he sold 50 copies last night yeah, right. of prints of photos and that. So for me, 
I always look at evidence of want. He really mm. wants to do it, which is pretty cool. Um, he's got the resources and the skills to do it. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. You can get inspiration across. Yeah, anyone. Across anyone. Absolutely anyone. And enjoying your work. He obviously. Oh, actually, Freddie, last one on first impressions. We've we've chatted a lot about first mm. impressions, and you you make. A first impression when we go in a camp, and I've been in a lot of training camps with you with different teams, and the first impression you make is always pretty powerful. But yeah. also, as a player, every day I guess you've already talked about it. The first impression anyone sees was you at training first. Mm. Um, again, is that natural, or is it something you really value now in your work? Or well, I try to be. And that's, you know, there's um, you know, just having focus. Now I'm having people know you want to be there. And I just push myself to the point where I want to be there, even if it means sometimes sitting in my car and you know, doing a little bit of breathing or just relaxing and putting everything into perspective that if you're in the position of coach, that they need to know you want to be there. So you need to be able to put everything else aside. And I think that's, that's a key anywhere. And any time I walk up to anyone, I try to make sure that, you know, they understand I want to be there and I try to listen as much as I can. So uh, that's, yeah, having presence, you know, just being yeah. being there with them, you know. Like, and I think anyone anyone can feel that and they, they're aware of it straight away. Yeah. If you go in there and you're rushed and, you know, you haven't prepared and they'll know, they pick it up yeah. and you just lose them, you know, you can lose them and it might take a day or two to go and get them, yeah. you know. But just having that energy early and just... Show them you want to be there, show them you're prepared and show them that, you know, if it's going to get tough, you're going to be there with them. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. See what I told you about this bloke? We could sit here and talk all day on this thing. knowledge. Experience. I don't know if it's knowledge. I don't know. It's got something knowledge. special in there. I, 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 I did listen to a bloke. Chess, by the way. I did listen to a bloke and he, he said a good thing about dogs when you watch dogs. And there's one about ducks. Have you heard the one about the ducks? Under the water. No, no, no. There's one about talking about you know why we always you know think of the past and you know we're anxious all the time and, and he sing was the two ducks and the two ducks go along they have a fight yeah and they just go sit there and they bristle up for a little bit they shake the feathers off water falls off and they just go and then that's it you know well we hold so much yeah, you know yeah. you hold you hold you hold that's why training's good training lets it go yeah. talking to someone lets it go yeah uh, you know yeah. sitting there if you can really you know hold meditation for a while that lets it go yeah. You know. Is that something you did a lot of, meditation, or is it something you've done post-career? Yeah. No, more post. I did a little bit during. I used to like visualising a lot. Yeah. Did a lot of visualising when I was playing. But um, I find your greatest weapon is by having a clear mind. Yeah. Yeah, being clear is the best one. And, you know, I, I practice it walking all the time. Uh, there's all different ways you can practice it, you know, yeah. just clearing it. It's really hard to do. Yeah. But once you've done it over and over, it's become easier for you? Yeah, it gets easier, and you sort of can hold it a little bit longer sometimes. I mean, it's just a lot to think about. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's a lot going on these days, so. Mm. But yeah, I find, especially, you know, that's why I really like grass. You know, walking across grass gives you a really nice feeling of, gives you a chance to actually feel it, you know, if, yeah. you, if you want to, or you can be thinking about it, yeah, yeah. all the other stuff. Well, I mean, even as a player, you obviously made your best decisions in the middle of a game under pressure when your mind was clear. Mm. 
well, that's that, that's that focus. And, you know, they say, well, that's why a lot of people like watching sport. Mm. You know, it's actually, they can, they're, they're witnessing people who are clear, mm. you know, just total uh, reacting, you know, as in to what's happening. And Was there anything you used to go back to if it was getting a bit hectic and, you know, your teammates might have been a bit flustered at some Is there anything you just... So I know you have done that even with that circle of pressure we yeah. went through. Like, well, is, there, is there anything you always used to do on the field as a player to bring you back to be clear in that, that very moment? Well, if you get a chance, it's, uh, we used to have a saying is, who's got the ball, where am I, what's my job? And that brings you straight back to what your next job is. What your next job is, yeah. So it's always easy if you had just had a try scored against you because you had a chance to, yeah. you know, take it in. Yeah. You know? chill for a little bit and then talk about what you got to do next. And I imagine sure I got that off Paul. Paul Harrigan used to be really good at that. Yeah. He was very good at that. He'd just go, you know, he'd be standing there and everyone would sort of be talking and at each other and you go, righto, let's make it a great kickoff. Yeah. Yeah, let's get down there. Sometimes you, you, know, you haven't got the luxury of that time. So getting yourself in that position. The other thing in the game of footy I always felt, unless the scoreline um, forced you the way to play was, I always felt more comfortable defending down there than attacking from here. So putting a good kick down and chasing, I always felt like that put you back in control. Yeah. So I always found in game of footy that was that was a great way to, you know, to rally, give you a little bit of time to think on your way down there and yeah. maybe get an error. Yeah. And did you? Uh, is there a moment in your career where there's you just felt you were in a, a special place? Yeah. The last the last three years. Yeah, I felt like, yeah, I was um, just in control, in control of myself, you know. Had a oh, really good footy yeah. team. Yeah. We kept losing players because as you win, you lose players and our change, our dynamics changed a lot. But, you know, I was just into it, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And that was, uh, and all like, especially at my age, well, I retired at 32. So, but being at 32 with the intensity that I trained, as in, I never lost the fact I had to be training. Had to be to the drinks first, had to be back to the coach first, had to be last off, and that never left. That was the action that never left. This episode of Get the Edge with Hayden Knowles is brought to you by Autocraze, where style meets performance, the one-stop custom car shop. Check them out on Instagram at autocrazeau or go to their website, autocraze.com.au. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Get the Edge with Hayden Knowles. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, remember to check out our podcasts online. Get the Edge with Hayden Knowles, hosted on Anchor and available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.